episode number 137 of the Tartan Running Shorts podcast, hosted by Tom Bryan and myself, Kyle Gregg. So, Tom, your background today, there's a fair few folk right behind you just now, isn't there, while you're, you're having a wee, a cheeky wee, wee beer on a, Monday, on a Monday evening, eh? How are you Indeed. doing? I'm doing very well. So, as Kyle's pointed out, my Zoom background today is the Champs-Élysées with the, the finish of the Paris, Paris Marathon, an era gone by when... And tens of thousands of people used to gather for sporting <laughs> events. Those are the good old days, the, the golden era days, yeah. of, of mass participation racing. <laughs> Who needs a carbon shoe debate now, eh, on the, these Facebook platforms? We've got the good old days of mass participation races. Well, there you go, far Carlos. between. There, there's our cool. Actually, as also as Kyle said, I'm drinking a beer, which I'm going to point out. Gallia East IPA is is gone, is cruised straight into my. Top five beers of all time. Yeah, top it's right five. Punkin and Co. So. Is it, it's a, a cheeky IPA there as well. It's it? a lovely uh, citron, citron infused IPA. I think looking at the uh, really, it's got a really tropical, tropical type taste to it. Absolutely lovely, six percent or so. What's your um, what's what's your favourite beer of all time? We talked about this before. I mean, I, I kind of um, has it changed? Has your taste buds changed from COVID or anything? I know. I know. Punk's up there, of course. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Black Isle's Yellowhammer. Yeah. Uh, I am. I, I'm a big fan of Guinness. I like a pint of Guinness. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's there's a time and a place for all of these beers. So, uh, yeah. yeah, there's a. I'm. Uh, yeah, uh, it's a bit of a, a ranging one. I'm not as although I, this is quite sad. As Kyle and I are talking about favorite beers, we're both sat in matching Erdinger hoodies. <laughs> so we are. Alcohol free. Eh? Alcohol free. Yes. Yeah. These are the ones. Yeah. And you know what else I'm sitting in Berlin Marathon. Sorry, what are you saying? <laughs> you won that out of a competition, wasn't it? I did, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I think I took a freebie at the Berlin Marathon Expo, gave them my email address, something. And about two months later, I got an email saying, Congrats, you've won two sets of kit for uh, Erdinger. And I got this big package for it. And I was like, I'm not going to, there's no point in me. I don't need two Erdinger hoodies. So who's the same <laughs> size as me? Hey, Look babe. At that, eh? We're like twinsies, eh? Even our hair matches. Opposite. Your, your, your yeah. top half, your top head's my bottom, my bottom head. Exactly, yeah. Oh man, you, so, you've got no rubble there either, eh? I'm, I'm, I'm clean shaven these days. Um, Very good. Well, one thing I'm also wearing is now I'm going to tell you a story about these, right? Look at these. Oh blimey, he's on. Kyle's wearing some what well, can described as like PJ silk boxers. Yeah. Now they're just really comfy. You know, I just pick out anything I can see, you know, when it comes to you know nightwear. Especially when we're in lockdown. I've been I've done my outdoor activities for a day. Um but I mean one thing, listeners, I've never done this before until um until like yeah, a couple of days ago. Now the issue I've got if I go out for a morning run, Logan's in my running he, his, his not in my, my my cupboard. He's in he's in the the bedroom that's housing all my running stuff. Now one time I forgot in, in a lot of my other clothes, but anyway I, I decided to get up early and you know put on what I could find. I put my silky my, I had my silky boxers on. I just went from my bed to my running tights and then out the door. Now see when you're wearing silky underwear, your your trousers just fall right down. <laughs> so I went out for an eight mile and I kept having to pull my brakes up, you know, for the la- every single like minute of, of the run. What a bollock it was, Tommy. Wow. So one thing, listeners, never go for a run with your silky pants on. I, there's, that, there's I, I don't know. I don't know where to start with that. <laughs> I really don't know where to start with that. Um, 
so so many questions. So many questions to ask. They're so comfy though. Not a problem. I can honestly say it's not a problem. My face, but silk underwear. I mean, is that uh, maybe is that a performance enhancer? It's passion enhancer potentially. Passion. Maybe not, maybe not performance enhancement. Yeah. That's <laughs> anyway, well, so rather than talking about silk underwear, on following on from the rant last week, we got in from a listener which was spot on about morons and who say, "Oh, I can't see any any races happening this year." <laughs> and you're you're obvious spot of the that mass event behind me right now. When do you th- what do you think? Let's let's speculate. I don't, I love we love to speculate in here. When or when do you think you will see a race in Europe with more than ten thousand people? I mean, this is not talk about some of the music festivals coming back in the UK, like in the summer. all right. That's yeah. encouraging. It's encouraging. There, but is it a silly thing? I don't know. Uh, maybe we don't. Maybe we we're 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 preparing too too mm. soon. I don't know. Um, or we're, we're, we're being too optimistic. But I think, um, I mean, I think you can get a 10,000 event. It's more the infrastructure of where you're having that and where you're housing that. And if you've got your hotels open to full capacity and um, yeah. social distancing, you know, you've got to, you, you might, you know, you might have to take on more transport. You know, if you're, you're doing a, an event for that, I mean, your, your, your transport might, you might cost for that as well. I mean, you know, I know that from, from organizing the space side way, albeit it was, you know, less than, you know, around about a hundred runners, but um, you know, had to, you had two buses rather than one bus because you had 20 odd people on the bus rather than 50. Uh, so little things like that. And then, Porter potties as well, like you know, things having to clean them every time, so you having to purchase more porter potties is is more cost to to um, you know COVID mitigate or COVID mitigation races, I suppose. Um, so I think until we we know it's almost um, less of a risk and uh, less transmissible, then we uh, yeah we, we kind of have to we can't really put a date in that. I don't think. Yeah. Until you know the vaccine's looking like it's making a an improvement, uh, but it's still there, isn't it? So I I think if if we're to if if you were to have a ten thousand race, you would probably still have to have you know social distancing measures in anyway, um, and that could still well happen. It might be spread out throughout the day more. You know, slow runners start mm-hmm. off or or the fast runners go off first, and then you just you know continue through the the paces. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but it also depends on the city as well, your geographical location. And if, it, if it's going to be somewhere where it's a, a high vaccine rate or then then there's more likely to, to open up opportunities. Um, and then the other thing is, are you going to get 10,000 runners if half of them can't get to your city as well? Uh, you know, it might only open it up to, to local athletes and, and runners. It's a I think, I mean, minefield. I think, I mean, call me naive, but I think by... The A, we're talk, let's talk UK are talking about having all, all, all adults vaccinated by July. So for me, I fully expect to see mass participation races in Melton. And I think that there's, I mean, at the, I don't know, again, it's going to get, for me, by this summer, when you've had, every, more, pretty much everyone will have had the option to get vaccinated if they want. Beyond then, it becomes, you've already vaccinated your, your vulnerables. So surely it gets to a stage where, it's the master's only mass participation race. Well, then it's like it's your risk. If you want to go to an event like that, it's your your risk. I know people say, oh, but it's a super spreader rate event. But I mean, you're absolutely right. Things like, I mean, you look at the Great North Run. Think of the, the you mentioned hotels. Think of the, 
the benefit that brings to the local community. Yeah. Um, that at some stage, and not, not the local community as well, but I mean, I mean, local businesses and things. At some stage, these things need to be they need to be get going again. And also, I was reading an article. Apparently, the average adult in France is doing forty percent less exercise than they were a year ago, and I, and that's quite shocking. And again, I know the, the the virus is having many many impacts, but you know when people are, I mean, my I mean, you look at okay, I'm still running. Don't get me wrong, I'm still training, but. Without motivation to race, you've got to wonder what it does to grassroots perspectives. So I think at some yeah. stage races need to come back. Maybe it's not. I think maybe mass participation, like big big races, this year is. Uh, I think it will happen in, in autumn, and I would like to think we're going to get you know a few hundred people at a time races coming in in the I summer so. as well. I really hope so. I think it's really important for the the athletics world and community, your local athletics community. The the impact, the positive impact it has on the runners and, you know, from grassroots all the way up to elite athletes. Um, it's really, really important for the the sport and for, for people who are involved in the sport as well. Um, and, and also, like, you know, all the, the officials and volunteers, like people who give a lot to the sport can't at the moment as, as much as they want to. So, you know, we have to you know, the, the, the sooner things open up, the better. Um, and and I kind of, on a similar note, um, I, you know, I was chatting about the decision about the Murray Way Ultra races last week um, and they decided to, you know, it was, a, it was a no-brainer to push the Dava Way Ultra back to November, the 12th of November, 12th or 13th of November, the Saturday. Um, I mean, just because of the restrictions, lockdown's not going to ease until... Apparently, that you know, in the Scottish government guidelines, and until at least the twenty sixth of April, and our race for the Dava Wave is on the sixteenth of April. So, an email has been sent out to all the runners uh, who who were taking part, um, and yeah, you know, I, I'm not going to apologise because very little I can do about it. Um, but uh, yeah, there's there's opportunities. You know, there's the email I'm I'm giving anyone. Everyone can will receive a refund if they choose to. Um, there's opportunity to transfer your entry into one of the other races, and uh, or also to continue with the event in November. So there's, you know, all three of those opportunities are, are laid down for the athletes to, you know, to to choose. Um, but they'll automatically be uh, enrolled into the November. When did you when did you cancel? And did you get what's your uptake on? I'm always interested when these races get postponed. What's the uptake on? Just giving a refund. I think there's there's been quite a lot of refunds, which which okay. is, is which is okay, um, yeah. you know, because there's a lot of a lot of events people have signed up to, and the, you know, and they've some 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 events, you know, haven't given refunds, but yeah. I feel the type of event we are, um, you know, the, the 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 whole point of doing this is to give back to the community and to offer opportunities for for ultra racing and trail racing in Scotland, uh, in amazing amazing scenery, my kind of home area. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's important that we acknowledge and, and and you know give people the opportunity to to do that. But we, we've had, I would say, there's a there's a fair few emails in inbox, but um, but there's also a lot of people who haven't. I'm sure they'll still get back to me and if mm -hmm. they want what they want to do and if they choose to transfer into one of the other races, the, the next one will be the Murray Coastal Trail 50 miler in June. So if anyone, there's spaces available for that. And, you know, that's hopefully a good time to maybe open up um, and, and to push that a little bit more and hopefully 
things, vaccinations, most people will be vaccinated, COVID measures will be in place as they were in the Speyside way, um, and there was no issues with that. So yeah, well, we'll I'm 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 really hopeful for the for the event in June. I think nice. so. We'll see what happens. But fingers, fingers crossed. We need yeah, them, it's, it's, we need it's a busy. It's sure. so certainly a busy couple of months and few months, and you know, for for me, that's for sure. Um, and I've got another bit of exciting news which I'll announce next week. But this this week's exciting news, folks. Drum roll is that I'm going to have a number two baby. Be a, another baby on another baby, Greg on on the horizon in the end of June. Uh, so yeah, that hopefully it doesn't happen on on the muddy <laughs> coastal fifty race day. <laughs> so yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, obviously Tommy's not. It's not a surprise to you. You've known for for some time. Um, and uh, yeah, apologies if I haven't told anyone that I should have. I've I've kind of not. <laughs> yeah. If, Cal, if Cal's mom's listening to this, and this is how she's <laughs> found out, you know that's pretty poor. Right, no, congrats, mate. It's uh, very exciting news. Uh, it's going to be another exciting summer for you. It you know what this means? This, this means that you need to keep up tradition. You need to sign up to the UTMB. Or you at least, as a minimum, need to come and do a trail race with me in the Alps because that's that's now standard for you. You have a baby in the summer, then you bugger off to the Alps to... Oh, to exactly. That's exactly what happened to Logan. You know, he was thrown in his first holiday, you know, what, just over two months old? <laughs> Not even that, was it? I've got a pic. I've got a. I've got a picture of. Uh, of uh, actually no, I think it's all. I think I sent it to you one I took of you, Debbie, and Logan, at the last aid station, and he's like he's absolutely that. tiny. Aye, he's. But it's funny. See when you're like you look back and you're like, my God, he's an absolute bruiser now. Uh, <laughs> he's a big boy now, you know. He's but he's uh, you know he's got tiny little legs and. It's like you skipped leg day uh, and just gone straight to the to the weights and the the food, you know. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but no, it's, it's exciting times, uh, you know, and amongst some of the the, the kind of the drich, the drich days that that have that have happened the last few months. It's it's you know on to, on to brighter days and and better months hopefully. Um, and you know, in Debbie's in terms of the pregnancy, the the space side ultra, she was pregnant then, and you know that was. It's it's difficult, and I I I I I take my hat off to any anyone who's pregnant, um, because it's all the things that happen in your body and the things that you've got to go through physically and mentally. It's just amazing, you know. It's an ama- amazing thing what the body does, and it's 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 really tough, you know. Uh, it really is tough, you know. Me and you are chatting as as lads, but it's just really, really, you know, amazing. And, and also in terms of running as well, like Debbie, she's, the, the symptoms she's had in terms of like pelvic pain and the run up to June pregnancy is a little bit different to years by and, and with, with Logan. Um, she's got it earlier this time, so she's not running as much, uh, which mm-hmm. isn't, isn't great, that's but that's she's still able to run. Um, she finds running on the treadmills easier than, going okay. outside and things and uh so but she's still cycling but just really watching what she does mm-hmm. um yeah it's amazing how it's different the pregnancies and things so no idea what gender it is folks so you know now I, I don't know if it's a he she or a net who knows uh, <laughs> so anything anything that hopefully doesn't rep, look like why I look like that's for sure very exciting. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, it will it will probably be born as, with as much hair as you've got, maybe more actually. But exactly. it's uh, Logan had more hair when he came out the you know 
than than I did. <laughs> Not difficult. <laughs> Not hard, <laughs> is it? <laughs> I've, aye. So so that's the news, folks. Um, yeah, so it's it's really exciting. Um, that is exciting. So another exciting summer for you. And that's going to yeah. be good. So that what all that all this means as well. I need to I need to work on the getting your paternity cover sorted out again for TRS. Oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> on, uh, I'll be knocking on Cameron Strachan or Miles Edwards' door again, I'm sure. Aye, that, we're in for the field. Maybe I'll get a French uh, co-host. I'll get one of these guys. I think I told you before, one of the guys who I train with here, he hosts a podcast in France. I think it's called La Course. Oh, really? Or La Route. La Route. Uh, anyway, and it's, uh, it's a French running podcast, which is... Oh, no, that's amazing. So at some stage, you need to do a co- uh, sort of... Uh, Oh, a collab, a collab. That would be great. Is he? Yeah. Uh, is it kind of like Arcan Ethos? Is it? I, you know, I listened to it once, but it's like I can, you know, me. I, my French is coming on, but to sit and listen to an hour podcast, I couldn't get on. I, I just, it was. I didn't. I'd have to sit and do nothing except listen to it. Usually, I listen to podcasts when I'm running or, or working or doing something else. But this, I had to sit and focus. So I, I will. I'm sure I'll get around to it at some point. But they had a, they interviewed another guy from the club who I was training with on the weekend. This guy, I was in fact I did my session with him on Saturday, uh, Momo or Mohammed, uh, and he's he's what is he? He's over. I think I told spoke about him before in the podcast. I think he's 58 years old. He ran 227 in Valencia last year or in 2019. Yeah. And I'm training with him on the track on the weekend. And like we did, it wasn't it was a reasonably light session, two by three k then a k. And on this this he anyway dropped me on the k. Like I I I closed with a three oh four. He closed oh, with a two fifty nine. The guy's fifty eight. Yeah, two fifty nine k, and he's uh fifty eight years old. And yeah, anyway, he was interviewed on the podcast. Yeah, oh, he's an animal. He's so impressive, and he 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 writes all the sessions for the the group I train with the the um what they called the to get this word right the Suliards, which is like temp, which is basically like the tempoists, if you like. It's like sort of tempo group, um, rather than being like a sort of you know track group. Anyway, he and it's he um yeah he writes all the sessions. So he anyway and he he was interviewed on this podcast a couple a couple of months ago when just when I first arrived. Yeah. He was saying I should listen to it. He talks about his training. So perhaps that could be uh maybe I might just get him. I'm, I'm not sure what his English is like actually. Anyway, that could be a good uh, to get to get him on. Ah, oh, definitely. We definitely need to get him on. That's that's like number one priority. Be quite an interesting uh quite an interesting cover for you when you're on your paternity. But I mean. Anyway, exciting times, exciting times. As long as you don't, as long as you're able to put on your race in June, that's going to be the other, the other <laughs> concern for you. The, the, the issue, of course, is Debbie's assistant race director, so we might, might have to just go, right, folks, crack on, you know, virtual race today. Virtual <laughs> in the, race. In the hope that they, you know, they, they, they're back to racing in, in real time, that it goes back to virtual. No, hopefully we'll, we'll have contingency measures in, that's for sure. Um Indeed. The, you know, we is is that he or she uh, is due in the end of June, which means twelfth of June. Logan came two weeks before uh, the due date, so that's less than two weeks. Yeah, a little bit less than two weeks. So um, it's going to be tight. It's going to be tight, Tommy. That's for sure. So, well, after that great news, um, this week we've actually we're just about to be my guest, and he's sat in our waiting room at the moment. Um, Ali Beaven is joining us this week, which is super exciting. Brilliant. So, so Ali, Ali is, uh, you know, just, I'm going to introduce him very briefly since he's waiting for us in the waiting room. Um, but, you know, Ali Beaven's been, he's a North runner, uh, a North, you know, a hill runner, hill basher. And he has r- written a book, a book 
fantastic book called uh, F- the God, I can't remember the name of it now. FKT book. Broken. Uh, all about FKTs, fastest known times, and um, and yeah, he's he's also done the Barkley Marathon as well. So it would be great to have a chat to him, all things hill running and all things running related in Scotland. So here's Ali Beaven. Right, and before it comes in, he's going to be on mute. You know it. Here he comes. <laughs> oh, brilliant. We, we had a bet there. We we're going to down our, our, our whole bottle if you're on mute or not. But you, you managed to, you it managed out. to save us. Oh, what? Surely you should have had like one of you saying I was on mute and one saying I wasn't. So that either way. Either way, you'll be a beer down. I mean, I was I opened up with he he will he will be on mute, so I, I can I'm happy I'm happy enough to see this off while you introduce yourself. <laughs> see yourself. <laughs> well, Ali, it's been it's been great having you. It's great having you on the show, and uh, I think you know you're we we've been following you on, on Twitter, and uh, and we're we're pleased to be you know given a a shot a lend of I say a lend you know a, a digital copy of your book. I we went uh, back. I, like, I, I, what we had. Yeah, <laughs> I've managed to read some of it. Tommy's not managed to read it because he, he speaks and reads French these days. Uh, so he's, he's a bit he's a bit snobbish when it comes to uh, reading English books these days. But, uh, but anyway, just for the listeners, Ali, tell us a little bit about who you are and, you know, how you got into hill running. Uh, I got into hill running when I was living in Edinburgh. I was a student in Edinburgh. Um, yeah. I don't remember why. I just started going running around. Like, it's a pretty good city to be a hill runner in, I suppose. You've got like Arthur's seat and the braids and the pentlands and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I don't, I don't know. I just started going running and it was fun. So I did it some more. <laughs> I like it. Now, it's, it's funny as well. Um, you know, uh, Edinburgh's weird because it's like it was a volcano, you know. I, like some people, I, Edinburgh had a volcano, but yeah. it's, it's, it's a hill running paradise, and you've got the Pentlands there. And um, but yeah, I mean, you've got you know, you've oh, a hill runner, but you've also done a 212 marathon as well. <laughs> Tell us about that. <laughs> oh, Jesus, that was that was one of the bits of bullshit I was more proud of. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not an out and out lie. Uh, <laughs> No, the, t- the 212 marathon was on rollerblades. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to be, just to be like extra clear, that's shit. <laughs> like, that's absolutely nothing to be proud of. You can't the, even the world record on is, wheels. Disgrace. <laughs> the, the world record is like 56 minutes. So it's the equivalent of bragging about like a five hour marathon or something. Wow. <laughs> Where did you do it? Uh, in Berlin. Oh, sweet. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Oh, it, was, cool. it was so much fun. Like, it's way better than running a marathon. Not that I ever have, <laughs> but I imagine it hurts a lot more than doing it on skates does. Have you not done that, Tom? You, you... No, do you know, it's been a bucket list of mine ever since I was in Berlin and I saw the, the, the train of bladers going through. But my question for you is, I mean, you're still, if you do it in 56 minutes, I guess it's only an hour of effort, but you're still getting, you're getting truly the worst. You're getting the two hours of a of duration of runner faces and the weird and the weirdness and the movement of a rollerblader. Were you in bits the next day, or is there no um, impact? Well, no. Like, there, there was some like residual muscle memory from my misspent youth. 
crying oh, okay. about like supermarket car parks on my road. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's quite funny though because it's 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 a completely technical thing, right? Like I was I was I was doing it with my girlfriend who we entered on a bit of a whim. I say a bit of a whim, a complete whim. And so what ultimately happened was that she got broom wagoned about seven <laughs> kilometers in, like this bus appears behind you and all these people in high-vis jackets come on. It's quite intimidating. That's, but that's I, I, I did the, you know, caring boyfriend thing and fucked off and left her. Um, <laughs> but like, she, she wasn't like out of breath. She just couldn't go any faster because she didn't know how to escape. And there's all these people as this broom wagon approaches behind you. And there's these cars with speakers on top playing what I think is supposed to be like motivational music, but it's just making everyone panic. So there's people like flying into lampposts, like ditching it into the curbs, getting stuck in the tram lines, all this crap, because they're just Jesus. freaking out. Uh, well, well, yeah, I mean, you've done some some crazy things. You know, that's, that's one of them. And... Uh... You've also done, you know, talking about some of the local races, you've done a lot of the hill races in Scotland, no doubt. Um, but you've also done the Barkley, haven't you? Uh, well, um, 40% of it. <laughs> 40. <laughs> now, we haven't had anyone on, on the show who's done the Barkley, so we're, we're delighted to, you know, you've, you've popped our Barkley, Barkleyginity, whatever you would call it, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but so tell us, Tell us your experience about it when, when you did it. Was it like a couple of years ago you did it? Was uh, it? 2018. Yeah. Yeah, so three years ago now. Yeah. I'd wanted you, to do it for ages. Get into it first and foremost. Are you not allowed to say, are you? Are you not? Is that, is that how, a, like, how did I get, how did I become interested or how did I? How, how were you, how did you get on the radar such that you ended up on the start list? Um, no, I do you have to like an interesting well, application or something? No, you, 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 you have to write an essay. Like that part's okay. not exactly a, a, a secret. Um, and what you put in that is entirely up to you, but I think most people try and put in like part CV, part like, part appeal to his sense of humor or like okay. try what you, whatever you perceive that to be and partly um, make yourself sound quite arrogant. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> he loves seeing people getting torn down <laughs> did you, did you go in full of confidence and then like get lost on lap one did, did you open with the fact that you'd run a 212 marathon is that the is that how <laughs> no i know i didn't have the marathon pb at that point oh, that I, was the done. Okay. I think i think the reason i got in was that i'd done a race in andorra which was massive okay and like much more relevant than what most people would have done i think i don't know so, wow. how, and so tell us about the Barclay experience. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty good. It's all right. Um, like, almost everything that people bang on about at the Barclay is at least exaggerated, if not necessarily completely untrue. Um, like, it's not that peculiar. Like, every aspect of it you will find elsewhere, like, races with tons of climbing and all that sort of navigating through the woods and all this sort of thing. But um, like if you've done a bunch of hill running and you know how to use the map, you'll probably be reasonably comfortable out there. 
it just goes on for a really long time and has really harsh cutoffs. Like that's that's that... that's the thing that ultimately makes it hard is that you've only got okay. two and a half days. What kind of like state? You know, like you said, forty percent. Is that what's that? Is that two laps in? Yeah, I started the third one. I, I, you know, the thing that um, took me out of the the race, which is like the least runnable race in the world, is I got like, I got runner's knee, <laughs> like really bad <laughs> IT pain, ITV oh, pain. No. I couldn't bend my knee, which is ah. okay going uphill on the trails. But then I got to yeah. the top of the first hill on that third loop, and, and, and had to go. The actual trails, like what what are they like? You know, like uh, I mean, some of it's on trail. Yeah. Um, some of it's not. Uh, basically, and you're just running through the woods. Like the trails, the the park trails are nice, but yeah. like each time, each time the course gets harder. A big part of that is removing as much of the park trails as we can. And this is the uh, you know this for any listeners who are like, what the hell are they on about? The watch the Netflix documentary, the the, the race eats its young. Uh, it's called and. The race organizers, uh, a guy called Lazarus Lake, and uh, you know, I love the way you know he just lights a cigarette to start the race, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you do that in 2018 as well? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, brilliant. He smokes loads anyway, but yeah, that's... <laughs> he's quite a quick runner. <laughs> back in the days, I mean, he used to be quick. Yeah. Aye. Not. Uh, not that. Not. Anymore. Not quite so much anymore. But no. yeah, yeah. Like back in the. I guess the seventies and eighties, he was like doing loads of ultra running before it was really a, a thing, yeah. a big thing in the states. Yeah. yeah. And what was the entry when you had to when you ran the the Barclay? Uh, it was because it, it was my first time. It was a license plate. Ah, right. Okay. Um, I think for overseas runners, the UI did it. It was like a like a, a, a tourist T-shirt from wherever you. Oh, okay. Cool. Live. So like a. I don't know. I could have brought him like a Nessie T-shirt or something. <laughs> and by a li- license plate, did you correct him and, and provide him a number plate, or did you uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, a road license plate you picked up somewhere? Did you? I hope you. I hope you nicked off like some Ford Focus parked uh, at some layby on the A9 or something. It wasn't <laughs> actual. You didn't actually order some custom one. <laughs> but I, well, I, I did. I took one off my car, and it's actually quite. <laughs> it's actually quite difficult to get a new license plate made like there's a bunch of hoops you need to jump through because obviously oh, really? you just well you could just get some put them on your car go rob a post office <laughs> yeah. cross so a was... cross up county border and go for a run <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that's it so what's uh you know whatever kind of crazy things have you done in races and stuff you know you you mentioned andorra is that what one's that i might I might know, is it Nandora? Oh, I can't remember what it's called. But uh, there, Well, there was a race called Ronda del Sims. Okay. Which uh, was a 170k race they did there. The race I did was... Um, did that one not go bust, the event organisers? Yeah. yeah. So it's the same organisers. They organised four or five races. The one I did was called Euphoria. And it ah, was yeah. okay. 230k and like yeah. 23,000 metres of climbing. And you ran it in pairs. Yeah. And there was only like four aid stations on the whole thing. It was Jesus. fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. But then last year, they obviously they didn't put the races on, but they couldn't give everyone full refunds because they're a professional organization. They've got like salaries and rent and ah. shit to pay. Oh, dear. Ah. And so people kicked up a fuss that they were only getting like 70% of their money back. Yeah. <laughs> <And so laughs> the organizers were like, you know what, this is... This is a oh. thankless task. Let's not do it yeah. anymore. Which is a shame because there were 
unbelievable races. Andorra is yeah. a brilliant place to go running. Oh, wow. I'd love to go there. It's uh, so is that like you know what, what is that the kind of one of the amazing races that you've done? Now, tell us more about your before we go into the UK FKTs and some of those <laughs> races. Uh, tell us tell us about some of the other experiences that you've in, in your kind of bucket list or you've you've and, ticked off. And what and actually what type of a runner are you? Because you are as you as you confess your the about you as someone uh, on Twitter and you're self confessed not on any database. So you're a nightmare to prepare for. <laughs> no, right. And more for me, the only thing I could have done was read your book, which I haven't. So the database comment is um, was because I used to have the two twelve marathon in my Twitter <laughs> bio, but it was on there as two twelve marathoner. Right? Oh, superb. V- vague, but not you know out and out untrue. But um, one one. Yeah. world's medalist runner messaged another world's medalist runner that i know asking if they knew where i'd run 212 for a marathon <laughs> uh, because they could find me on any database uh, <laughs> so beautiful. i just sent them back a picture of a rollerblade <laughs> <laughs> i almost felt bad but not quite yeah. um yeah i don't know like uh, if i decided what sort of runner i was i'd probably be better <laughs> like just yeah. my uh, all the stuff that i would like spend my year preparing for is is in the hills okay yeah. and i guess most of it's pretty long yeah um i ran trophy okima a few years ago same year as i did the barclay actually and that's probably the best race experience i've had mm-hmm. anywhere it's unbelievable like the course is incredible but what just race is that trophy okima it's in italy yeah. in the alps it's okay like 50k Big one. Oh, goes wow. over all these passes and stuff Actually, racing in other countries, the, the slightly depressing theme that emerges is how much better the sporting culture is in a lot of places than in the UK. Because like in at Kima, you go up to all these refuges and they're like the passes are 2,000 metres above town and it's in a valley that has no uplift. There's no gondola. The people who are up there cheering have walked up from town. Oh, wow. And they're like, it's, and it's rammed. And then like you run through town at the end and like there's all these fucking 80 year old Italians <laughs> sitting outside the cafes fucking waving their sticks at you and like the kids have got wooden spoons and saucepans and they're fucking going mental <laughs> and then I uh, and the Basque country around there and it's the same thing you're going through town in the middle of the night and like there's the whole fucking towns there like with cowbells and accordions and shit <laughs> Norway, they're fucking mental about mountain running there. Yeah. And then you compare that to some stuff in the UK, like the Larry Grew race, which is just down the road from here, like yeah. finishes up Abbey Motor High Street on a Saturday afternoon in the summer and nobody gives a shit. Yeah. <laughs> like people will cross the road with their kids to get away from the sweaty man. Yeah. And it just, it's, it's like, I like the low key aspect of hill running and trail running yeah. but it is kind of depressing yeah, when you think about how it compares sometimes yeah. it is amazing i mean we we obviously had that experience and i've had it as well with, with you ali and, and but utmb like the experience mm-hmm. there is just amazing yeah like you know tommy's got his kybell and he's just loving it and he, 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 you're not necessarily you feel like you're racing it i'd imagine you know yeah, yeah. I, was, I, I was blown away by I was blown away in the, at the stations in the night how how 
the atmosphere was how many people? I know, okay, I know it's UTMB, but in the middle of the night, there's people who are out, and a lot of them would be would be there to crew and be anyway. But the how much interest locally people have at the race, and just to just to see people come trundling come trundling through, it was I was really it really opened my eyes to what the sort of mountain running means to these sort of these communities. And I've seen even the brief time I've been here in France, I see a lot of people who are. They they see the opportunity to go and run and even just watch racing in the Alps in the summer is like it's almost like a World Cup. You know they're like absolutely stoked to head down. Yeah. Uh, Did you see yeah. last last summer when um, Pocapel went on his own and run the UTMB course? Yeah. I, the, and yeah. the middle of Chamonix was fucking rammed. It was just for him. Like, he was exactly. just like going out, essentially going on a training run, and <laughs> like thousands of people there. Rockstar and a few guys I work with, um, I'd ha- I've heard of him because we, we were talking about this at work. Some of the friends, people who don't run were aware of, of who he is. And you guarantee in the UK, people you ask them to name the biggest mountain running personal- personality in, in his inverted comments, nobody would know. <laughs> nobody would know and nobody would care. Either. Do you think Finley Wild gets asked for autographs and watches on the high street? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, me. Finley Wild goes into the lager on his own, and Avi Moore is rammed yeah, exactly. to, to see him finish. Yeah, I mean, you kind of get that, you know, the I suppose the closest type of thing that's maybe a training is a Bob Graham round, and you know, you you know, you in terms of the FKTs, that's probably the would you say that's maybe the signature FKT that there's been there is in the UK? Would, would you say that's about right? Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. it's definitely the best, the best yeah. known. I mean, it's a bit funny because you think about how prestigious the records are, or at least on the men's side. Mm. Like the, the the record progression, as far as almost everyone is concerned, just goes Billy Bland Killian, and there's nothing else. There's only, <laughs> only two people have ever set a record on it. I can't remember who whose record Billy Bland broke. Might have been his own. Yeah, actually. Yeah. But yeah, but it has this yeah this massive profile. Yeah. There was um. When Jasmine Paris broke the record there, it was a bit like Pocapel in, in Chamonix because she just happened to be finishing on like market day in Keswick. <laughs> <laughs> the middle of time was rammed and she had this like, you know, that tunnel of people yeah. up the street to run through to get to the end. Swinging their cool. shopping bags, nice. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Waving them about, you know. Waving. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, so so let's let's just talk about, you know, your what you've done, you know, and you've done some FKTs yourself, you know, um, but in your book, your book's called Broken, which, uh, you know, I've had the pleasure of of go, getting through and, uh, you know, amongst all our, our busy days. And uh, it's it's amazing, you know, it's, it's quite refreshing to hear something that's local and, you know, you can relate to and especially you've got a passion for it. It's, and I love your humour, you, you know, you've got a, you've got a, a dry kind of sense of humour, but very funny at the same time. I, I think it's brilliant. Um, so, yeah, just talk us a little bit about the reason why you decided to, to write a book and, uh, for the listener. Um, the, the, the book wasn't my idea. Um, <laughs> there, uh, Kirsty Reed, who works for Vertebrate, uh, mm-hmm. which is the publisher, um, I know I met her out in the Basque Country when I was running a Omeac, and she, uh, I guess, had read a few things I'd written elsewhere, and and more importantly, knew that I was wasting my entire summer sitting in front of my laptop, watching GPS trackers <laughs> rather than going out and training like I should. Be. <laughs> nice. um, 
and she thought that with so much going on, there was there was a book to be written, and that I was probably the person with the most time on my hands to write it. And so, it, yeah, it, yeah, she just gave me that idea and said, "What do you think you could do with it?" And I've been out, I've been supporting a few runners and doing some stuff like out with Donny Campbell doing the Monroes and and yeah. Uh, my friend Ian Stewart doing all the uh, all the Monroes and the Cairngorms. Yeah, and so I thought there was there was that sort of first hand side of it to go along with writing about things that I wasn't involved with because I I didn't want it to be just like a series of like news articles. I wanted yeah. it to have a little bit more I don't know insight perhaps than that. And so yeah, there was there was plenty going on there's far more that I left out than than I would have liked I suppose but you've got yeah. to draw a line somewhere I think it's brilliant you know there's been a lot of different types of FKTs as well um you know the first chapter of the book talks about the you know an interview of the show James Stewart um yeah with, uh, you know his his attempt at the John Muir way which I think's raised the profile you know from a running perspective has certainly raised mm-hmm. the profile for it um and he's probably maybe one of the first in terms of that kind of FKT of, of the year anyway. Um, so yeah, like how was that to, you know, for going, you know, chatting, chatting about that. And we've already had a chat about James, you know, but from your perspective, uh, yeah. What's, what's it like to, to speak to James and, and to. Well, he was, yeah, you're right. He was first up because he was like the first day. Yeah. That the, um, like whatever the distance limit from home was lifted. He was he was straight on it. And it's interesting. You, you mentioned that it raised the profile of the trail, and that's one of the things that he mentioned. Is that that's what he was trying to do because it runs right past his house. He lives in Croy. He doesn't have his training on it, and he'd always thought that he'd like to run the whole thing. And so he he wanted to raise the profile of the trail of ultra running of but just the concept of going out and doing stuff like that. Yeah. And one of the vague themes i think of the book there's different reasons people have for doing this sort of stuff and it was they're surprisingly varied actually like whereas some people you know people like james who have this grander purpose where it's like beth pascal is just really 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 fucking fast and quite (laughs) competitive and wanted to do something that was fairly prestigious and suited her strength and so she went out and ran the bob graham yeah Mm. Yeah. and then and you've got folk like you know Finley Wild as well, and uh, from a kind of Scottish perspective as well. And, and you know, talk about what he's done in the last kind of couple of years. We, we've mentioned him in some of the news articles, but you know, he's done amazing things in the Cairngorms and um, in the Coolins and things like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's quite interesting because there's some quite a lot of the top fell runners in the last however many years haven't really been interested in doing this sort of stuff. Like, you, yeah. no one, before Killian, I don't think anyone had ever actually tried to break Billy Bland's Bob Graham record. Um, like, the Welsh 3000s record had sat there neglected for ages. But yeah. Finley's done shitloads. <laughs> like, even yeah. before last year, like, he had the Coolin Ridge record, uh, the Welsh 3000s record, the Cairngorm 4000s record. But then, that, yeah. just last year, he did, he did fucking everything 
Yeah. <laughs> and do you think it's is that because I mean you know from a, of a captain obvious is that simply because there was no racing or do you think there's there's uh you know we see even at, even at elite level now there's this obsession we've got in the last five ten years of world record marathon for example is a mm. real obsession. Do you think it's driven by is there something beyond just the fact everyone's there's no races to run or do you think it's really just because that's what these top guys have turned their attention to? I mean I think it's both. Um, and I, I don't know how you could tease apart like the growth of ultra running and mountain running from the growth in these sorts of records. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it might just be you know proportional with the number of people getting into the sport, but but I don't think it is. I think I think there's increasing awareness is one thing, like ease of like the availability of information now compared to. Mm-hmm whatever 20 years ago you can just google stuff and find out what the splits are what the route is yeah all this nonsense and i suppose as these records get better and better like the standard improves that might make them more attractive to really good runners like when i spoke to beth she was saying that she would probably never have done the bob graham in a normal year she would have gone western states utmb yeah pretty much indefinitely because of the two most competitive races in the world for a runner like her. Whereas she goes to the Bob Graham and she's essentially chasing Jasmine's time. She's racing one person who isn't even there. Yeah. It's a strange <laughs> concept, isn't it? it can, it's it also, uh, you know, it's, it's also quite an honest concept as well. You know, you have to really be true to yourself and, and uh, honest about what you're going to do as well. Because, uh, you know, some people don't do it with anyone. Uh, you know, I think Finley's someone who, 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 who you know, he, he doesn't want any trackers or anything. He just wants to go out and do it. And obviously he'll, um, he'll have his Strava on or, or something that shows what he's done. Um, mm. but, but also, like, you know, the definition of what a FKT is and, and the different types of FKTs is crazy. You know, you've got something. What is, what would you, you know, for looking into what an FKT is, what would you define as, as an FKT? fastest known time would you would you say you know kyle or tommy tommy goes around his hippo his hippo course in france and his 10 mile hippo course and is that an fkt or well it's not because i'm currently 120 <laughs> from the strava leaderboard so it's a good question because remember the 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 jog chat that there's and you know that's that i was i was on i couldn't believe it that story about this time that's not recognized really because everyone thinks it's cheated so yeah. What, how do you where how do you draw the obviously you've got these days that every man and his dog's got a, a GPS on it. How do you treat the, the differences between some of these older and more recent times then? Yeah. It's it's a thorny issue, right? And I in terms of what constitutes an FKT and what doesn't, I mean I guess it's the same as records. Like anything could be a record, but some just mean more than others. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the marathon world record means a whole lot more than the Three miles indoors, or <laughs> I don't know. Which uh, two miles. No one cares. Yeah. So, like, the Bob Graham record means a hell of a lot more than I, I, I don't know. Like, the, I don't know if there's a record on the Dab Away. That's just outside the house here. Oh, it's, that, but, that, you know, that's in your. Uh, there's not. I don't think. Um, pretty, pretty soon, that will be a really prestigious thing. But right really, now, well, November now. It's, uh, uh, November. Oh, well, it's gone back. 
Have you not got your email? You're not entered, do you? Have you been on the double way? It's really flat. Uh, it's flat. It's flat and fat. <laughs> I would die in the first 10 kilometers. I'll come and marshal for you. I'll come and, I'll come and clap people through a gate or something. <laughs> yeah. You might be selling it here, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's nice. It just uh, doesn't suit me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's um, interesting about the... So you, so you think that... But there must be some... It's like, I guess... Uh, the what was it the 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 the, 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 the phrase for it the self fulfilling prophecy there must be some does an FK team if if does when a, a I mean say what um say the John Muir way now is that now more popular because it's had an X FKT set on it and everyone's talked about it well yeah and like it means more because it's like it's James Stewart and he's like a GB's got a 24-hour runner and all that sort of stuff, right? And, and that's part of how these things become more prestigious, more worthwhile for good athletes, right? It's an association with other good athletes. Yeah. So if someone breaks the Bob Graham record, that's a massive deal because it's a Killian or a Beth Pascal record. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if someone breaks the Karen Gordon Big Six record, that's not such a big deal because it's an Ali Bevan record. And who gives a fuck about that? Right. You'll, you'll read the book and you're on this you, you'll hear all about that I'd say. <laughs> I met I met Alec Keith yesterday actually in Glenmore he was away to ride his bike and um, in the book I compared him to a Labrador and uh, he wasn't very happy about that he just thought no. it was a bit of a dull comparison he expected better from me so if there's ever like a second edition apparently I need to come up with a better dog <laughs> <laughs> He, oh. needs to prove, he needs to prove himself, Benny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been sending me suggestions of what sort of dog he could be. <laughs> what of, of the of the FKTs we saw? I was going to say last year, but say generally, what which which FKTs, which FKT in the UK impresses you the most? The one that you uh, that, that you really, when you saw it come through, or you watched it, attracted it, you thought, wow. I mean, I, I've, I've been trying to give a different answer to this question every time, and I've kind of lost track of where I am. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, Donnie's Monroe round yeah. is just, mm. uh, I mean, yeah, it's the only thing that's two chapters in the book, right? Yeah, so yeah part one, part two. I, 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 I barely understand it. I was out with him on day five, and at that point he was already taping one of his ankles because he had this, like, um, anterior tendon shit going on from spending 12 hours a day hacking through bogs and like he kept going for another however long it was another 25 days yeah and i just don't i don't quite understand how at no point during that time frame do you think it's not worth it because he was slogging for quite a lot quite a lot of that quite a lot that wasn't fun he did a lot of it on his own and just for nothing major to go wrong. And the, the, like, there were big days he was doing. Yeah. Really big days. And then he had that like continuous 48 hours at the end. Yeah. And yeah. It's, that, uh, um, uh, you know, I mean, you, the, the book is, you, you're quite raw. You know, it's, it's quite a, a raw account of, of some of the, you know, how, thing, how people have, have done, you know, in terms of, if it's been a failure, if it's been success, and it's it's quite raw, which is is quite interesting as well. And like, I mean, he wasn't in he wasn't in 
he must have been in some dark places to do what he did, you know, for 25 days. Of... Do you know what, actually, I, was, I went up Ben Hope at the end, his last Monroe with him, and we all sort of, we were, <laughs> the plan was that we go up there for sunrise and we get up there and it's still dark and it's claggy and you can't see more than three metres. And he sort of finishes and we st- stood around for a little while uh, and then realised there was absolutely no point in staying there. So we all went back down. But, you know, we were all having a cup of tea and Donnie was just standing around. Like, you expect him to be, like, I don't know, in bed. But he was just, like, yeah. had his cup of tea. He was just standing next to the, like, the worktop in his camper van. <laughs> like, didn't seem phased. Didn't seem bothered. Yeah. Like, he's made of... I don't know what sterner stuff than most people. Yeah. That's bonkers. And then another one, uh, you know, another interesting one that was high profile last year was Dan Lawson's Le Jog record as well. Now, I know mm. you were, you know, you, you, you went and you were involved in some of that as well. What was that like? You know, <laughs> I mean, the extent of my involvement in that was, was not tremendous. Like I ran with him for two, two and a half hours. Yeah, um, up the side of the A9 on a on a Thursday evening, uh, which would have been his day seven, I think. Uh-huh. And so at this point, he's like day eight, whatever. He's six or seven hundred miles in, oh. and I, when I picked him up, he was doing all right, um, just sort of shuffling along. But then by the end of the evening, like he was he was lifted into the van. When we got up to Abbey Boy, it's like there's your scampy supper on the dashboard, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Shove him in the van. And they took him off to uh, uh, my pal Martin Bell's house yeah. to have a bath because he'd been enjoying having a bath, but obviously there's no bath in the camper van. So one of my responsibilities had to be had been to find someone in Abbey Moor who would let this strange man show up at their house <laughs> at ten o'clock at night and have a bath. But then but trying to picture that guy getting up again. The next day and setting out to do another 200 miles it's just I, I, there's a there's a clip in the film actually there's a film that that dave mcfarlane made yeah and it's of him at the start of the last day i think and it, he, he can't work out how to run like he can't he knows what he should be doing but he can't make his legs do it so he's doing this really funny like <laughs> off balance walk thing to try and get himself into the right movement pattern and it just won't happen and he kept doing this for quite a while apparently before he got this little bit of downhill that built some momentum so he could start like jogging again it's not mean a night out yeah exactly <laughs> yeah but um they just i i can't put my finger on what it is about people like people like dan and and donnie in particular have something I really, I really hate the whole ultra running is ninety percent mental trope, but I think in their case, by that point, it is. Yeah, like they've got something up there that stops them from stopping when that is clearly the only reasonable thing to do. Mm-hmm. For some, like Beth or Finley, you can kind of make sense mm-hmm. of what they do. They just do it for a really long time. They just yeah. run hard. <laughs> I think not- that's what I really liked about the book was it, the variety of different athletes. Um, and you know the reasons for doing these things as well. It's all, it's all, and it's like from hill running to, uh, to ultra running to road running. Like it's it's a, a variety of different, you know, 
things coming together in a, a time of crisis as well, you know, a time of yeah. uh, uncertainty. And uh, it's certainly, you know, I, I, I wasn't as, uh, you know, I wasn't as born as you were by ch- checking the trackers, uh, but uh, I was uh, interested. You're, you were too busy running on a treadmill. <laughs> I, was, I, was even, I was even more duller than, than anyone else. <laughs> People are going to these beautiful areas and this amazing, you know, summits and I'm stuck on a treadmill staring at myself, you know. All the worst things you could be staring at. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's amazing you talk when you talk about Donnie and I. You know, I it was. It's interesting. I think you know it was the what it was the only one that you've talked about there that I actually you know followed in the sense I would jump on to check you know daily how it's going and and likes of yourself there was a lot of Twitter accounts keeping a fairly regular commentary on it and it's interesting. Thinking about you, you speak there for me. That was the, that was the extent of my follow up, and then I'm looking on the map, see where it was, and you know. And actually, when you hear how the brutality of it, that you don't get that. You just get this. You get a, a, a tidal wave of people posting about what a hero he is, what a legend he is, which he absolutely is. But it's really interesting to hear that here beneath all that, that day to day, there, it's so not Hollywood. It is as a. It's an amazing. It's a superhuman achievement, but. That you know, for that long, that is that is brutal. I'd forget about him for days at a time. It's, I mean, I'd be like, oh shit, where's Donny? And he's like several days on from the last time I checked on him. It's bonkers. The hard thing about that though is that you're you can get so far into it, right? You could be on the go for a week, and so you're you like the start feels like an impossibly long time ago, but the finish is still completely abstract. Like you've got no sense at all of, of progress, like day to day until you get into the last few days. Like you're still, the last hill is way over the horizon. Yeah. Like, and it must be, like it's, it's, who's the dude who pushed the rock up a hill? Sisyphus. It's like being that dude. <laughs> you just, you do these 12 hour days and at the end you feel no closer to the end than you were in the morning. Yeah, that is um, amazing. The other thing that comes to mind for me then, so F- FKT-wise, which is your, which FKT do you think is, I mean, are there any obvious, any any routes that you think are screaming out to, to for a, a top runner to take a stab at? Dab away. <laughs> Dab away, yeah. <laughs> the Dab away is on fastestknowntime.com, but I what don't know it? if anyone's posted a time yet. So I have to have a look. Get over there. Yeah, that's, that's. Get that done. Of course, Vecchi. How exactly. far was it? 50k, Davaway? 50k, yeah. Well, it's 24 you've, miles, you've, but I've added, added some, you've added some wiggles. Aye, wiggles. So that was wiggles, another question. F, FKT feels like a, you don't see anyone like, oh, FKT up the Aberdeen prom. What is the, <laughs> what is, where, what, what distance do you FKT start thinking this is, <laughs> what distance do you start thinking, okay, that's a legit FKT. What distance do you say, right, we're going to elevate this from a Strava course record to an FKT? <laughs> well, you know, there's, um, most of it's ultra running, right? Most of this stuff's mm-hmm. long distance. You think of the, the, the big rounds and the Pennine Way and Land's End John the Goats and stuff. But uh, the, the Coolin Ridge record's a pretty big deal. Yeah, and that's and not that. Yeah. that is under, it's under three hours, even though it's only 10K. Um, and like quite a lot of, you know, this stuff sort of bleeds into mountaineering around the edges. And so there's some of those sorts of records that are pretty sought after yeah not not so much in the uk but like there's a record for um, going up and down half dome in yosemite 
mm. which oh, is wow. now, like under two hours. Wow. Wow. Um, I, I kind of, you know, the way I kind of see an FKT and is is it's like a, an adventure. You're going out and mm. you're doing this big, hey, you know, a, bee, I call it a BHAG, eh? you know? That's how I see one of these FKTs, a, a BHAG or something that you're going to go, right, this is going to be quite tough. Yeah. I think there's an element of quality involved, right? Yeah. Like the, the, the ones that tend to get the most attention are like high quality routes. So... Like in the UK, on the shorter side, the Welsh 3000s is a classic line. Like loads of people go and do that as a walking trip. Mm-hmm. And there's a ton of history with the running record. Like it was Eric Beard and Joss Naylor and Colin Donnelly and Finley Wild. Yeah. Um, if you put together, you know, a route with the same stats, the same distance, the same amount of climbing, but it was in, I don't know, the Southern Cairngorms people would probably be justified in not giving a shit because a lot of the Southern Cairngorms is crap. Like, <laughs> running up and down Half Dome in Yosemite, that's pretty picturesque. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. incredible. You're not going to get the same sort of traction trying to set up a record on the Cairn well. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it on Minecraft now, though, eh? Yeah, that was amazing. That. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I was, I was hoping that they'd, they'd put the little guy in a Highland Hill Runners there. <laughs> Where, whatever time you log in, you've got, Donnie's always somewhere. Always <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What about, uh, did, you got the pleasure of meeting John Kelly as well. Like, what, what was, you know, what was he like then? Did you? What was he like when I saw him on the Grand Round? Yeah. Oh, all sorts of fucked. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, that... That was mad. So at this point, he'd done the Paddy Buckley, cycled from um, Cavill Keurig to Keswick, done the Bob Graham, cycled from Keswick to Fort William, and done the first leg of Ramsey's round. And he'd managed to do all of this uh, more or less on schedule to finish the whole thing in his 120-hour time frame. Yeah. And then I jumped in to help out, and everything went to shit, <laughs> which isn't, isn't a correlation on that fond of but you know we can be generous to me and say that there were other reasons for that to happen yeah um oh god um it was pretty grim because by this point he's very sleep deprived he's been sleeping a bit but you know not enough and the weather had gone to shit on the first leg and so he arrived at the changeover pretty cold pretty wet and because it's, it's yeah, we took us two and a half hours to walk up the Glen to get there. We don't have like the whole boot of the car's worth of kit. So we're kind of shifting stuff around and he's taking fleeces from pacers and stuff to get ready for the next leg. Yeah. But once you get moving, like being very, very cold and being very, very sleepy are, the solutions to those things are sort of mutually exclusive. You yeah. can't warm up and sleep at the same time unless you've got like the, the kit to do it like a sleeping bag and stuff which we didn't have and so it's you can kind of do you stop to sleep for 10 minutes and maybe get hypothermic or do you keep going and keep like almost falling over because you're so sleep deprived and basically the whole night was a back and forth between those things i mean it wasn't yeah. it wasn't as 
harrowing as it might have been. Like, we didn't get the thunderstorms that were forecast, which was nice. That was good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like doing all of these things, it's, it's you know, it's unusual. We were walking up one of those hills in the middle of the night and it was not that pleasant. But you kind of think not many people would bother being here at this yeah. point. And maybe that in itself makes it worth doing. For us, not necessarily for John. He was having a lot less fun than we were. <laughs> oh, me. Would you, yeah, who would you most like to do uh to to if you if you're gonna go out and spend a long day in the hills, who would who's your who would be your it's like your dream dinner party oh, my dinner out, party guest. You go out for a hill you could go out for a day Gandhi? Like, I said twenty four hour run with two people, who would it be? Oh god. Oh, Tom Bryan and Kyle Gregg, obviously. Oh, well, you can have us in a, you can have us coming in your ears with along with Alan Partridge if you've got you can have two. <laughs> Three Emma's that's at the ear dinner party. <laughs> oh oh shit. Um I, like to go for, I, mean, I assume that they have to be runners. Well, I mean I, you can if you wanted to make it such that big Bojo could handle twenty four hours in the hills. That's the fancy reality you can make that can happen. I mean, th th there's the possibility that it would kill him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's a win. I'm not going to say if I'm for or against that, but um... <laughs> I mean, it, it could be it could be a resurrected great as well. Oh shit, Eric Beard. Ah, oh, look at that. Eric Beard twice. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to explain for me and some listeners who Eric. Yeah, Beard. yeah, that's that's all right. If I was in the kitchen right now, you'd be able to see him over my shoulder because I've got a picture of him on the fridge. Oh, wow. Incredible, um, man. Yeah, so Eric Beard was this a hill runner in the sixties, um, and a, a mountaineer and general good dude, I think. Um, in 1963, all in the same year, he broke the records for the. Cairngorm 4000s, Coolin Ridge, the Welsh 3000s, the Mourne Wall. He had the Lakeland 24-hour record and and some other stuff. The sky, the Coolin Ridge as well. Didn't have that. Yeah. Yeah. Hours. yeah. And I, I, I don't know if he ever won a race. Like he was, he was best at like the long stuff, kind of going out on his own, drinking nothing but sweet tea and eating honey sandwiches. Um, I was just obsessed with him for a while. I, 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 there was a, an article in the Fell Runner, actually, the most recent issue that was something I'd written about him a few years ago, and I'd managed to get in touch with a few people who knew him, because he died in 1969 in okay. a car crash. He was on his way to try and break the 24-hour world record. He died in a car crash on the M6. Oh dear! And so I got in touch with a guy called John Clear, who's a very well-known mountaineering photographer, and and I can't remember how now, but like email back and forth with him, and he told me a load of stuff about him, and and sent me some photos, which were incredible because I I'd done all this reading about him as much as I could, but the only photos of him I'd ever seen were these tiny little, um, like really grainy little photos on his the obituary that the Alpine Journal yeah. published in 1969. So it had been published then, printed, and, you know, recently someone had scanned this and uploaded it to the internet. So it was like this collection of pixels with a vague hint of a face. Yeah. And like, I remember the first time he sent me the pictures of them. Because, like, John's an incredible photographer. He's a pro, right? Yeah. And so there's these 
crystal clear pictures of him like going up to one of the huts in the Alps with this like knotted handkerchief on his head and like tying his boots on the way to the old man of Hoy because he was being like a, a a Sherpa basically for some BBC filming thing with Tom Petey and like he was pals with all these like major big names of mountaineering and climbing yeah and I just seeing these pictures for the first time was unbelievable because yeah. I, I knew so much about him but I didn't really um, I didn't know what he looked like and it was a really bizarre feeling just ah. like just just he, he looks just right <laughs> yeah that's cool uh, it's, it's crazy how you know such a mountaineering man who was a way to break the 24-hour track record as well well apparently that's he spent a bunch of time like touring europe racing hmm. like 3k on the track really wow like, with just some running mates from leeds they were just like oh let's go and do this but they did all sorts of shit there was a yeah. guy um oh dear ed Steele, i think who sent me a, a big excerpt from his diary from the time that they got this um ex-army land rover truck thing and we're like oh let's let's drive to kenya <laughs> as you do <laughs> like back in the 60s there's all these fucking stories about them getting stopped at customs borders and having guns pointed at them and the whole time they're just sort of bumping along <laughs> on this truck sounds great so yeah I'd go 24 hours in the hills with Eric Beard and just get him to tell me stories nice I like it all like answer. So I think that kind of, you know, that's, that's a great kind of segment is some of the fartlet questions we'll have. You know, being a, a long-distance hill runner, you probably don't do much fartlets because, you know, one ascent is one one rep. Uh, oh, yeah. so unless you're doing many hills, many summits with different various ascents. I did, I did go and run up Milibuckle three times yesterday. <laughs> First time I've done that in a while and my quads are talking to me today. I like uh, it. I like it. So we'll start off with, um, yeah, what's your favourite race shoe? Uh, I, I almost always wear ultras because I've got fat feet. I don't really have a choice. Um, okay. But that said, I've done a lot of running in X talons this winter because it's nice. been so slushy and shit. But yeah. most of the time, I don't know, yeah, like Lone Peaks, I guess. Nice ultra. That's I didn't know ultra was for a wide-footed uh, gentleman. That's good to know. Um, morning shuffle or evening saunter? Oh, uh, like morning, but probably quite late morning because I'm not very disciplined. <laughs> <Sounds familiar. laughs> what's your um, what's your pre-race fuel? Porridge. Porridge, good. Enough. Is there any other answer? There? Well, there's not. Quite right. Do you take anything in your porridge, or are you just straight up? Oh, so. Um, oh, you, you've got to you've got to have a bit of variety. You know, you can treat yourself. Put some sugar on top. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I'm, just, I'm just you get because you get the occasional person who who has what feels like every seed known to birds into the into the porridge. Which... Yeah, well, peanut butter. Nice. Okay. Nice. If, if it's a long race, shove some peanut butter in there. I like it. Um, so that's before. What about your po what's post race treat? Post race treat pizza. Nice pizza. Pizza, oh, pizza. I mean, that's that's another reason to go and race in Italy. Like you're going mm. 
you'll walk into a pizza restaurant which feels like somebody's front room because it is and you'll pay six euro and get the best pizza of your life <laughs> nice uh, so you know not only you know you're you're an author now you, you work as a, a bartender as well part-time um your favorite beer my favorite beer um you know i i couple of years ago. Don't say you don't drink. We've had three interviews. Yeah. Don't drink, so. I don't drink much. Running dry. <laughs> we, need a, drink, we need somebody who drinks. I drink more than Adrian Stott. Um, <laughs> Good morning, just shot and Glenn Johnson combined. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, A couple of years ago, I had this stout from the Black Isle Brewery that was called Hibernator. Oof, and it was wow. fucking amazing. Like You could stand a spoon up in it. Like You could serve it with a slice and i i don't think they make it anymore which i'm devastated about so with that off the cards um uh, 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 black gold oh nice yeah i've got uh, i've got a few of them in the in the garage actually really good stuff i mean it's a nice well it's not a nice sunny day anymore but it was a nice sunny day today it's more uh, that's that's a winter beer <laughs> sitting, sitting in the garden with a nice stout in the sunshine like it like um it. worst race experience um uh in the Basque country worst worst in terms of like my contribution to the experience but one of the best in terms of like the, the actual race <laughs> i uh I thought I was having a bad patch early on and I was congratulating myself for being so, um, you know, so clear headed and so sensible and just thinking, right, I'll just, you know, keep eating and drinking and it'll pass and then you'll be, then you'll be better. And then it didn't pass. It just got worse and worse. So I was really sore from like three hours in and ended up taking 32 hours to fucking finish the thing. Yeah. (laughs) that was grim it was really fucking grim what's your favourite or no what race if you had one more race that you could do what would it be oh shit um... see I should say some like big glitzy ultra things you know I should say Tor Craig, Craig Deneen. Craig Deneen. <laughs> Glamig. Glamig, oh, okay. Glamig. Yeah. Get a good, you get a good beer at the end as well here in that one, don't you? Uh, yeah, no. yeah, like entries oh. of fibre and you get a pint and a uh, pot of chilli or something. Yes. Nice. That's what it's about. Um, before, I guess, before, I'll let Carl close with the, the usual finisher, but uh, favourite movie? Oh, shit. Um... Uh, oh god um favorite movie i'm quite a fan of movies in which nothing really happens <laughs> uh, like jim jarmusch movies i don't know if you've seen any of his films but uh yeah, like there's a there's a film he made called down by law which yeah. is a film about a prison break in which you don't see the prison break. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, mate, that, 
let's go with that as a placeholder for like <laughs> very unaction packed. Sounds and... like an ultra. The final, the fight, the second last question. Well, I've got another question that I'll, I'll finish up. Two things actually. The if you were to do a beer mile, uh, what time do you think you could run? Uh, several days. <laughs> um, shit, I don't know. Uh, and I don't know what time I could run a mile. Yes, yeah, see, I think it feels like one of the necessary components in working out what your beer mile time is. You're, Can we yeah, do like an Iron Brew vertical kilometer? <laughs> Dead. I reckon I could do that in an hour. You say that because but I, I actually, I think when we did it, my, I spent my my time when we did it last year, car was more than double my mile PB. So there was really? as much drinking as there was running. My well, I, I thought you meant that your running time was double your, your mile PB. Oh, <laughs> I mean, what's what's respectable? What was what did you guys do when you did it? I've done six fifty two. How claims to have done six fifty two? I have you've, uh, you've got <laughs> Callum McKenzie messaged you and said or messaged current running shorts and said I've I was there when he ran six fifty two. I've seen said message. You're like, you're like the Andy Rivet of the beer mile. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, I, I think, I don't know, 10 minutes. A lot of people seem to circle around 10 minutes. When someone, if someone says to me something less than eight, I think, wow, they, they've actually, they can run and drink. I think yeah. for me, 10 is a, a solid, because uh, I mean, let's be, to run a, to run a, I mean, I think I, I'm, I was like, I must have been there. I think I was, my, I can run a mile, I can run a five minute mile and, but I was 10 minutes of, uh, for it, so. I was I I ended up running twelve minutes that day. Yeah. You're a bit of a nightmare. I don't know what happened. What if it was uphill, though, Ali? Would that help you? It was a mile. Oh, <laughs> Every four hundred meters, someone stood there with a pint. There yeah, you yeah. I mean, that would that would space the pints out more. Vertical Maybe. beer K. That's the news. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, there, there we go. Yeah. VBK. You heard it here first, eh? <laughs> but I mean, it would take a lot longer. So you'd have to do like more beer. It would have yeah. to be like a beer every hundred meters of climbing. <laughs> ten, ten beers by the time you get to the top, and then you've got to get back down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just uh, moving off the subject for a minute. Have you done a VK? You must have done a VK. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I've done the the um, Mont Blanc VK. The, the oh, weekend yeah. of like the Mont Blanc Marathon. Yeah, another one. Um, it's. I'll start finishing with some via. Well, I say via for us. It's a bit of like, yeah, you <laughs> two, know, two meters on a ladder. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit like I was. It, it I was is the least about, aesthetic trail in the valley. Yeah, I was really disappointed to find that was the VK route. Yeah, I mean, I didn't do. I didn't have an especially good run. I was there climbing with my dad, and so we'd been up and down a route on the other side of the valley in the morning. Um. You know, up at whatever three and a half thousand meters. Yeah. Um. And then came down and sort of tried to lie around for the afternoon, but wasn't particularly fresh. And it was roasting hot. Um, it was the day after the uh, Brexit referendum. <laughs> Me and my dad were getting shit all day from all these like, Polish climbers and stuff. We were speaking English like, oh, you fucking. And we explained to we were, we were we were Scottish. And they're like, oh, okay, good Europeans. <laughs> good Europeans. I love it. 
Oh, me. Well, the, the only other thing I was going to make, well, two, again, second last question. So what's on car, What's in the cards for you this year then? Um, if things open up, have you got any, you know, BHAGs out there that you're going to reveal? You keep to saying listeners? that. What's that word? Oh, it's Big Hairy Edition. This Foundation is Tommy bro. told me this. Big Hairy. Well, actually, somebody actually, somebody mentioned to me, and I had a career development chat works, and was like, what's your BHAG? And then it's now transitioned to TRIs, which is, What's the, the most ridiculous, most, the most ridiculous run that you want to do this year? What does it stand for? A big like, hairy, big hairy audacious goal. Nice, I like that. Um, yeah, I mean, fuck knows. I, I've got a place in the tour, Tour de Géant, which is uh, oh wow, okay, Eos de Valley. Um, like which times ten harder, isn't it? Uh, it's like 350k as, as you do oh. yeah so and, and that's yeah i mean if i if i think it's that's the distance ahead, the elevation what's the elevation uh, i mean they keep changing their minds i think the first time they put it on they just measured like the heights valley to pass the whole way around and so they were telling people that it was like twenty-five thousand meters and it was actually like 30 something so three, you know, like three, three and a half times the Everest then. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, and like the course is fucking amazing. It's, there's no yeah. filler. It's just it's massive. Oh, so if I think that's going to go ahead, I will do that. Be my basic plan is to be better than last year. Yeah. Because last year was pretty pish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can't get any worse than last year in terms of but any you know getting races and in, in, in performances so yeah hopefully i mean get... i got to the end of the year and i was like i've done fuck all work this year so i should yeah. be in the shape of my life <laughs> and, I'm, and i'm not like yeah. what have i done with my time so yeah trying to avoid being in that position this yeah. december is the main goal <laughs> ah, amazing well, if you do if you do if you do line up for the tour let us know because i'm looking at it now and i'm like I don't really know how to describe it. That is max time, one hundred and fifty hours. <laughs> Tommy, that could be your first ultra. Yeah, man. Like it's undersubscribed. <laughs> There's places going begging, yes. and that you don't need any experience. Like as long as you, you need a piddly fifty k, you got that. Blimey, that's uh, that's something else. Oh. Well, you know, it's been amazing chatting to you, Ali. It's uh, but before you go, where can we find you? You know, you 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 always on. No, you're you're a quite spooky question, Kyle. Yeah, I know. Where can we find you on on the socials? You're, oh, you're oh, highly on the socials. <laughs> I mean, I'm on, I'm, on, I'm on Twitter too much, so like, don't follow me on there. You'll just encourage me to waste more time on there. Yeah. Um, and that's it, really. Uh, yeah. And what about your book? Because I'm not pretty enough. <laughs> and the book is available. Uh, I see. I, I'm. I'm. The one of the reasons I didn't read it because I haven't got it on my Kindle. But I see it's on. I see you can get it in the Kindle bookstore. Uh, so, yeah. Is it unavailable? I guess it's available in most good bookshops. Is it? Uh, I mean, I think having my book in stock is what makes a bookshop good. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm bookshop. You can order it direct from the publisher, Vertebrate yeah. Publishing, if you insist on. Yeah. giving your money to well, well, what we'll do Jeff is, uh, and you we'll, can get it off Amazon yeah well folks we will provide we will provide the best link uh, with with you know maximum return uh, as well so 
make sure that uh, you, you, you read it because it's brilliant. I've really enjoyed reading it. It's been amazing. It's, it's really, you know, well-written, uh, really enjoyable, especially in lockdown, folks. Um, and it'll give you some inspiration to do some of the, the FKTs and, you know, hopefully you guys all hit the, the, the Dava Wave FKT as well. So, um, yeah, good to hear. So, Ali, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been it's been awesome. And Pleasure, uh, gentlemen. Keep in touch and let us know how your things go the rest of the year. Cheers. Grand. So that thanks very much, Ali. That was really entertaining. Thoroughly enjoyed that chat. Uh, you know, and you know, over a couple of beers, you know, virtual beers, which is good. Um, one one question I didn't ask Ali was, you know, what bar he works in. So, you know, I'll we'll <laughs> find out what one that is. So uh, we can chat all things running uh, later in, in the future when things start opening up. So, Tommy, Absolutely. your background's gone. There's a treadmill in the background there. Now, the question yep. the listeners want to know is, have you ran on it yet? And if you have, what pace? I haven't been on it yet, Carl. I haven't been on it. It's unused. And, it, I, you know, I think it's going to be like last year, a panic buy which, uh, and I say this one is probably, I mean, it's, I say panic buy, it's a really super basic treadmill. I imagine, though, there's talk of a curf, uh, a lockdown coming in Paris soon, and they're going to do that annoying thing they do in France where they say, this chat will be, you're allowed to go out for an hour within a kilometre of your home is for a run. Which is with you guys? There's talk of it coming in, yeah, the really? third one. So, yeah, well, the cases are, are not coming down, that's what they nah, say, which nah. is annoying. So anyway, that, you could have got it now. How's the vaccinations going with, with you guys then? Are they uh, slow actually? I think they've done they've done like four million, but they were doing the three week gap. So there's there's a they're actually they've got a fair few who've got both jabs, um, like a million right. and a half with both jabs. Okay. We'll see, we'll see. I don't know. There's chat of uh anyway. I, I'm the I'm my next race, tenth of April. I'm not sure if it's going to happen or not. No, um, no. we'll see. Long. But uh, that certainly that discussion with Ali really whetted my appetite to do some trail running in the in the Alps this summer. So I'm to get anything. Maybe not quite the tour, but I think uh, oh, I see it starts in Kumeye, a place that we know well. Oh, really? oh I didn't know. Yeah. That. Oh, that's interesting. So uh, that'd be cool. So I I'm gonna I would like to find like a, a race in the Alps that's not super long. I'd like to do an ultra as well. So um, yeah, listeners, any listeners who've got like off you know it's easy for someone to say oh yeah utmb is great tell us about the little like the off the the off the yeah, slightly exactly the hidden gem races in the alps that are that are worth doing and it can be i'm happy to go and do a 10k i'm happy to do uh do you know give a stab at 50k so yeah let us know that'd be cool i love it i love it well folks we don't really have much news do we <laughs> no there's that's happened from the last time we spoke um, the World Indoor Tour, I don't think there was many races either happening. Um, when, is it not the, oh God, it's really bad. Is it not the World, the European Indoor Champs happening soon or something? I think they're coming up, yeah. So Bucci was uh, was putting, was priming himself for that. Um, but no, I, I watched a bit of athletics over the weekend in the States. There was some uh, event in Texas, which was used as a means for some athletes to get an Olympic qualifier. But really, apart from that... Uh, I uh, I don't see much. Um, I didn't see. I don't think there's much this weekend. I don't know if there's much coming either. So we'll see. Hopefully we get. Hopefully we'll uh, stuff will come up in due course. Well, folks. Well, other than that, then I think we'll just we'll just crack on and you know call Wrap it because it. it's been yeah it's been a good 
good cup of you know, over an hour of content for you folks, and that'll get you through the, the doom and gloom, no doubt. And yeah, uh, next week, we don't really know what's happening next week. We'll find out. We, maybe we can chat about the world indoor champs if we, yeah, uh, not the world, the European indoor champs. Yours, yeah, and we're hunting down this. We'll, we'll, we'll continue the hunt for some more interviewees, so we'll uh, we'll, we'll bring that, that, uh, that news to you as well. But as always, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you you can do our email is tartanrunningshorts at gmail.com. Facebook is at Tartan Short Tartan Running Shorts. Uh, Instagram is at Tartan Running Shorts, which is a good way to get in touch with us. And also on Twitter, where we are at Tartan Shorts. So please, uh, and as Kyle always says, give us a review on a podcast ah. store. That would be much appreciated. Fantastic. Well, folks, the another bit of exciting news will be coming to you guys next week. And uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll speak to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. See you later. Bye.